And we welcome you into episode 24 of the best podcast available. Hope your Thursday is going well. Jason Gibbs alongside Andrew Gribble going to be joined today by another one of our draft picks. We're pretty excited about this one, Gribbs. Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle out of Missouri, the third round pick for the Cleveland Browns, the first of two third round picks on that Friday night. Uh, and excited to talk to him because we really haven't heard a lot from him because that draft pick came down so late. Uh, there was a quick Zoom, if I remember correctly, in the wee hours of the morning. But uh, excited to have Jordan Elliott join the program uh, today. Yeah, I'll be interested you know, to hear his thoughts about you know, he's the second Missouri defensive tackle on this team. I wonder if there's a legacy of Sheldon Richardson, one of our favorite people uh, on this planet. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if he knows him personally, but I I'm sure there's a reputation or a legacy that Sheldon uh, has left behind him at Missouri that uh, I'll be interested to see what he has to say about that. Yeah, I also want to find out about uh, Jim Harbaugh sleeping uh, at his parents' house, at his mother's home in Houston after watching him play late night uh, on a Friday night. Uh, some interesting things with Jordan Elliott. and Looking forward to talking with him. The latest news around the league, not a lot, but the one piece of news coming down from uh, the NFL and the league office is that we will be in virtual meetings through the end of May. They have been slated to end tomorrow on May 15th. They will go through the end of the month, Gribble, and that means learning from a distance continues for our rookies and our new guys and our entire new coaching staff. Yeah, and I think it's just going to be interesting to see what happens uh, after this virtual period is over. Are you going to be able to sneak in a mini camp? Are they going to maybe extend the, the window in which you can operate that mandatory mini camp? That's going to be the next kind of question that needs to be answered, but I imagine that all these teams are probably assuming the, the first time that they may get their hands on these players is at training camp. And it, it'll be a, an extra layer of a challenge for Kevin Stefanski, for a lot of other uh, teams in the league that are implementing new systems uh, with new players. I mean, the, the Browns have a decent amount of rookies, maybe not a, as many rookies as they'll be counting on as some other teams, but uh, it's just going to be something that new for everyone. And I, I think it just adds a little bit extra layer of, of, uh, of difficulty for the, for these, for these new coaches and, and new systems, but you're not hearing any excuses from Kevin Stefanski and you've heard a lot of good things about how he's run this virtual program so far from the players we've been able to catch up with. More importantly, Kevin Stefanski is a West sider uh, <laughs> after making the fantastic 11 hour drive, as he told the, uh, uh, Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter the other day through uh, within the past week, he and his wife, they're getting settled and getting rid of Box City, which they're currently living in. Uh, over Would have been a 12-hour drive if it was east side. It, that's all I'm saying. 12 hours, maybe more, depending on rush hour traffic. Yes. Um, but Gribbs making that drive with young kids. Can you envision that knowing that you have two young kids? Yeah. You know, his kids are a little older though. So he, he's definitely in that range of where the iPad does work. And I think that that's a, that's ultimately the game changer. It's like once we, we started minding travel less once our oldest was able to be brainwashed by TV. And I think that is the, the key. I mean, you try to implement all these screen time limitations at home and, all, you have all these good parenting ideas uh, in normal circumstances, but travel, anything goes. 
It's survive in advance. That's all you're trying to do when you were traveling. So we're just waiting for our youngest who has uh, just turned one and a half. We're, we're, we're waiting to get to that point where she can also be similarly brainwashed. And that's, that, that's your key for traveling. I just don't know. Like, it's not like you can stop off anywhere and use the restroom. <laughs> I, I think you can. As we, I've talked to some people who've made trips. I mean, you can do it. It's just you, your options are not as plentiful uh, on road trips these be days. Be careful on that consumption of beverages. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta notice those rest stop stops on the highway signs because you could, you could go long stretches and be in trouble. Yeah, no question about it. I think the other thing that we continue to watch and we monitor. Our training camps may be moving to different locations, to states that will allow them, and teams, namely the teams in California, the teams in New Jersey, quote, New York, uh, and watching where they may or may not be, not only for training camp, but this coming season. Florida's governor today says, we're open for business. If your team doesn't have a place to go, you can come down to Florida and we'll find you a place. A lot of things to watch here in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just play the game where, you know, it's tough to even speculate about this stuff. So, because so much can change. I mean, look at how much our lives have changed in the last two months. I mean, that's how we're, we're two months plus away from the normal start of training camp. So, I mean, this stuff changes every day. It changes every hour. So even trying to get that far ahead uh, is, is tough for me to get to right now. So I'm just, I'm planning to be there. I'm planning to be there for the first day of training camp. I'm planning to be at these games. Uh, and that's what we're, that's, that's, that's the plan right now. I think that that's what we can hope for. Time, time is on our side right now, even though uh, it, time has unfolded uh, pretty, it either goes really slow or really fast, depending on how, on the day. So uh, I, I think that I, I hope we'll be able to figure this out. And I, I have the confidence that we will. Yeah, no question about it. All right, time to get to the bread and butter of this week's and this episode's best podcast available. It's Jordan Elliott, our defensive tackle from Missouri. Uh, kind enough to spend a few minutes with Andrew Gribble and I talking about the recruiting process through high school, his transfer from Texas uh, to Missouri, and of course his draft experiences and how those virtual uh, mini camps and virtual learning is going right now in the NFL world. Have a watch and have a listen. And happy to be joined on the best podcast available by uh, one of our third-round picks. And we're excited to have him because, frankly, he got drafted at midnight, basically, on that Friday night, uh, day number two of the NFL draft in the third round at pick number 88, Jordan Elliott out of the University of Missouri. And, Jordan, a pleasure to have you. We're excited to have you here, and uh, we're looking forward to your contributions on the field of this football team and this defense. How have things been going for you since you became a Cleveland Brown just a few weeks ago? Uh, man, things been awesome. You know, just learning the system, you know, just meeting with the guys, the older guys. You know, we got integrated with them a few days ago. So, you know, just experiencing all that, taking it all in, it's a blessing. And just, you know, just even more motivation. You know, I love the game. And it's something I feel like everybody on the team, they got the like, same uh, mindset. So we just trying to all take. Jordan, I know this is usually a time period where you're getting to know the entire rookie class. What's it been like getting to know these guys and how have you guys had to be creative and, and kind of starting a bond together? I mean, yeah, like we just did virtual uh, like introductions, you know, just uh, D-line wise as far as that. Um, 
it's been cool. Not that not too many of us. So, you know, just getting to know them on a more personal level kind of cool. Some guys are just in all different things. You know, everybody has their own little background. So it's kind of cool seeing those things in different cultures. How did, is it a lot of film study? Is it a lot of, you better know what you're, what you're doing there because there aren't too many of you and you can get called on at any time? Oh yeah, you just, you, you wanna always be a professional about just everything you do, just staying on top of the film, staying on top of notes. You know, if you do that, everything else just work. You know, it's simple, you know, but I feel like everybody focusing. and we just having fun with it, so. Now, did uh, did your new D-line coach, did he try to recruit you back when he was a college coach? Yeah, he did at Ole Miss. That was crazy. We talked about that actually like a few days ago in the meeting because uh, I, I did remember him from all those years ago. So it was just kind of cool seeing how, you know, such a small world. Talking with Jordan Elliott, our defensive tackle, third round pick by the Cleveland Browns. And Jordan, Let's go back and, and let's go back to those high school days. And at what point in high school, you, you grew up in Houston. At yes, what sir. point did you know, you know, or begin to think, I, I can play at the next level, not just even college, but if I keep on this path and keep doing what I'm doing, I, I could play professionally potentially. Uh, you know, that was always the goal, just um... – from from high school, that's why I even went to college to play football. You know, um, as long as injuries and all that, you know, said the same. I, I just knew that that was something that was destined for me just because of the work that I was willing to put in and I am putting in. So uh, that just kind of was my mindset to it. So I just knifed on wood and hope, Lord willing, you know, here I am, no injuries. So you know, I'm just gonna keep on living that my life that way. You know, just humble about it. Were you worried at all about? achieving that dream when you made the decision to transfer or how did that kind of play into your mindset and how did that drive you moving forward? Right. Really? I mean, that was just something I felt like I had to do, you know, um, it wasn't, it wasn't anything I was worried about the NFL. I just knew that whatever God had for me, that was, was, was going to happen. So, and I just went with it, just didn't think too much of it. Just got to work. As soon as I landed down in Missouri, you know, everything else played out how it is. I mean, you know, your first year at Texas, Charlie Strong was your coach? Yes, sir. You have the MCL injury uh, and you missed six games. How tough was that mentally? Was that the first time you'd been injured in your career? Yeah, that was my very first injury. Um, and that was my only injury, for real. Um, I was never really worried about it. They said I, I was a fast healer. So that was something that, I, you know, I was blessed to have, you know. And I just went to rehab, did what I had to do. Um, that wasn't really adversity to me, you know. I just look, I didn't look at it as a challenge. I mean, I did look at it as a challenge, but I attacked it rather than just let it, you know, deter me from my goals. I don't, I don't really have that that fixed mindset, you know. I'm trying. I'm all about growth. So. <laughs> now, no, was Missouri was Missouri on your radar the first time, or was that kind of a new development because of of your relationship with with your coach there? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that I. Uh, I never would have went to Mizzou, like just coming out of high school. I never, I never visited with them, anything like that. So yeah, it wasn't an interest of mine. But yeah, Coach Haley played a big part in that. You know, just him being that much of an influence to me in that short amount of time at Texas. You know, kind of, you know, that stuck with me. And I was just like, that's somebody I need to really teach me how to be a man. You know, and just and just learn from him. 
about football, about everything. So, you know, that was that was my mindset going into that. What what about him clicked with you? What what was it, what was it about the relationship that kind of brought you guys together? I mean, he just real like hard nosed, like tough love type of guy, and that was somebody that you know, I I don't know that that was something I was just attracted to. Like, I just felt like that was a good coach. He taught me things. He made me learn in a different way. Yeah, just helped me do all those things. Um, and just that was something I felt like was was uh, very valuable. You know, as far as a you know, coach, you know, so I went with him. I know you have a great relationship with him. What was his advice to you uh, when you got drafted? And what was his advice as you get ready for your next step in your journey here? I mean, every time we talk, he just always tell me to be myself, you know, just be me. Um, everything else falls in place. And, you know, that just – that goes along with just hard work and just being a professional because he knows the mindset that I have. So, really, I'm my own worst enemy in this in – this, uh, career path of mine. So just gotta keep on attacking things in the right the right light and just move one day at a time. Now, I know uh, there was a lot made of this when you got drafted about all the weight you lost and, and stuff going into your senior year. Can you, when when was the decision made in your head that you had to do it uh, at, at Missouri? So really that was like right after my uh, my sophomore, it's my redshirt sophomore year. Right after that year, um, that uh, winter spring time, I just kind of like, Hey, I need to lock in. Like, you know, I can't. I can't expect different results if I'm doing the same things. You know, just and that's from a diet standpoint, workout standpoint, everything. You know, so I just I locked in, and it's something that I just take with me now. It's just all about that growth. So, what what's the biggest key to losing thirty pounds? Because <laughs> this guy needs to lose thirty pounds. And for me, according to my wife. For me, it was like cutting out red meat. When I cut out red meat and uh and like chicken, I cut that that out too. I lost I lost weight naturally. So, so what protein? Was, what protein did you eat then? If you cut out red meat and chicken, really, I, I ate a little bit of turkey, but mostly just fish and seafood, like uh, shrimp and stuff. Were you doing stuff that you'd never done before to 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 shed that weight? The just running and stuff like that. Yeah, I was doing a lot of stuff on my own, just like jogging and push-ups and sit-ups all day like that was something I did all day push-ups and sit-ups in my free time at home I was boxing like just all type of things that could just keep me keep my, my metabolism up just moving I can remember I, I have a great Mizzou story because their fans are pretty crazy do they still have the lawn seating behind the one field goal post where they all sit on the yeah, grass they, yeah they still had it right there so I'm at Bowling Green and I'm, I'm a member of the radio team. And we had gone to Missouri the year before. I was not part of that. But I guess the team had gone there and knocked you guys off. And you guys were ranked at the time. And this is late 90s. So Corby Jones is their quarterback. It's kind of a big deal. We go there. My junior year, we go there. It's hotter than all get-up. It's the first game of the year. It's Labor Day weekend. It's, it's about 100 degrees on the field. There, Mizzou is one of the top five teams, and the Orange Bowl was the championship game that year. And I'm a, I'm a sideline reporter, and I'm out there, and the team runs out, and I come running out, and we get pelted with oranges from your fans. Dang. I'm telling you, like whole pieces of orange. It, I used to have hair at one time. I had all this stuff going on. Coach threatens to take the team off the field. They had to warn the students that they were worried about <laughs> forfeiting the game, whatever the case might be. 
What was it like to play in front of that fan base and just the SEC in general, week in, week out, the, the gauntlets that you had to go up against? Right. Uh, yeah, it's, the SEC is it's different. You know, I could say that just coming from the Big 12, um, the fans are a lot more passionate. Um, and it, it is crazy. Like, Mizzou fans are very, especially the student section, they're very, like, wild. So I, I can – the oranges, I, I ain't never heard that one. That's crazy. But, you know, I can see them doing some crazy stuff. It's, but it's unique. It's just something that, you know, you just take in, experience. It's a part of the game, you know. Um, that's the reason – they're the reason we here and we the reason they there. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of just that relationship that we have. And – and we just we play off each other, so it's cool. Yeah, this this past season, you really came into your own and had kind of the, the big season you've been waiting for. What what felt differently when you were on the field, and just what was working for you that that was really clicking for you out there? I mean, really, just the game slowing down, just recognizing offensive formations, uh, looking looking at um, pre snap indicators on, on the guys I'm going against. You know, all those little things that just really help you separate yourself in the game. That was the things I locked in on. And it really made me just see things more clearly every day. So, what are the biggest challenges that you think you're going to face as you start your NFL career? Really, just mastering mastering my craft. Uh, that's something I feel like the only thing. That's the only reason that you know that that I'm here to master my craft, be the best version of myself. So I feel like that's going to be the, the ultimate goal, just to be that every play. So that's going to be the biggest challenge is being that every single play. You know, not just a few spurts of plays here or, or having a good game here and a bad game here, just being that all the time, that same guy all the time. So just that's going to be my biggest challenge. It seemed like you really connected with the Browns in the pre-draft process. Is that fair to say? Yes, I mean, what, what do you attribute that to? I don't know. I just – I felt like it was one of those things that – I don't know, like – what can I say? I don't. I don't have a word for it. I don't know how to explain it. I just felt like it was meant to happen like this. Um, that was that's the the best way I could put it. Like everything works. Like it's just working out in a, in a good way. So. We didn't have any of our coaches, or Andrew Barry didn't sleep in your den, did he? <laughs> nah, in that Jim Harbaugh situation. <laughs> I, I got to ask, how crazy was that? The head coach at Michigan is sleeping in your den after a Friday night high school football game trying to get you to go to Michigan. No, nah, it was cool for sure. It was definitely unique. Like I said, that's just another one of those experiences that, you know, football uh, affords you. So I just took it in. and It was just a, a cool little thing. You know, got, got to know him a little better. And it is what it is. Right? That's a good story. <laughs> yeah. Have you gotten to know any of the veterans yet? Have you talked to any of the guys on the team, uh, defense defensive wise, or even in your position group room yet? I talked to Larry O. I talked to him. Um, yeah, he's pretty good dude. He reached out to me. He was like, if you need anything, just you know, just talk to me. So that's probably the first first older guy I really talked to. Gribbs, I know that you wanted to ask a question about another famous Mizzou alum. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to ask. I mean, what, what, what is Sheldon a, a big deal still at, at Missouri, or and how is that? Oh, yeah. To go? yeah, I mean, how is that to go and now join this guy uh, in in Cleveland? Oh, that's that's crazy too. You know, I, like I um I didn't realize that until probably a few days after I got drafted that he um, was was at the um, the Browns. But yeah, they we they always talk about Sheldon Richardson. You know. Just some of the like it's only a few people that's 
um, that was like here when he was there, that's mm-hmm. still here. So they would just always talk about him and stuff. But like he, he seemed like a cool dude. I'm ready to work with him. So yeah. Nice. Have you had any conversations uh, with Mac Wilson? Obviously, you had the virtual rookie minicamp. Uh, your your thoughts? I, I know that another SEC guy. You have a lot of SEC guys. You're surrounded by LSU guys. We know that already. But uh, th- there's definitely a lot of SEC guys on that defense. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really talked to Mac. Uh, my, I haven't talked to him yet. I haven't really talked to a lot of guys yet. But uh, yeah, all of them, all of them, ready to work. Everybody just like when we had team meetings, everybody there. So you know, it is what it is. <laughs> all right. Go I was going to ask just one. I know this would be the time you would normally be on the field. What 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 is your mindset to kind of be ready once you actually do get to be on the field now? And we just, don't know when it's going to be, but what are you what are you doing to stay ready? Just a lot of running and keeping my legs conditioned. That's that's all I'm doing. Just focusing on that. Uh, of course, in lifting weights, but I'm just talking about just keeping my legs fresh, keeping them uh, in shape because that's the biggest thing, you know. You can you can be in shape, but if your legs dying quickly, you know what you're gonna be good for. So just keeping them legs tired right now, so that they'll be ready come camp. Well, Jordan, I can tell you this: at some point, if we have a season, there will be a conditioning test, and that <laughs> that running will definitely will, will do you well, uh, indeed. We appreciate the time, man. Welcome to Cleveland virtually. We look forward to seeing you in person and. Can't wait to get you on the field this fall and see what you can do to help out this football team. And we're excited to have you and and safe travels eventually and continued success. Congratulations, and we wish you all the best. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thanks to Jordan Elliott for his time, and we wish him all the best. Uh, Again, all of a sudden, a defensive line room has changed maybe as much as any position room on this football team in this offseason gribs and just another guy to add a lot more depth to this room as well yeah you got a couple reinforcements there after last year with just struggling to find bodies by the end of the year but you're looking at a group that has two starters back in place and larry ogan joby and sheldon richardson now you've got andrew billings and, and jordan elliott to fill in uh where they can we know the importance of these guys they're even the the second teamers, they're usually playing at least three series a game. I mean, they they get mixed in a lot. Uh, so so this is going to be an, an important piece uh, to the puzzle and and a lot of good depth that will have some competition uh, in training camp. I I think when you throw in a guy like a Daniel Equale, who we've maybe forgotten about, I mean, this is going to be a competitive group that maybe you end up keeping uh, five guys when you cut this roster down. Yeah, I I think this will be a very good problem for Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods to have. Uh, the number of bodies, especially on that defensive line, and the quality of bodies on that defensive line, not just from a defensive tackle position, but a defensive end position as well. Some guys that, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be losing sleep. Now, I think we're all going to be losing sleep if a guy like Miles Garrett goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or You know, but at the same time, there's a lot of guys now that can make contributions on the defensive side. We've spent a lot of time talking about the offense this offseason and the upgrades and how deep they are at a number of positions and how we've upgraded. But the defense is coming along quite nicely as well. Yeah, I mean, the addition of Adrian Claiborne also kind of flew under the radar a bit, but he's someone that can really help you out 
uh, I think he can probably start for you in a pinch if if, if Olivier or Miles are, go down for any any type of stretch. But he, he's going to be best as that third down pass rusher that can really give you some relief and really give you an extra jolt of energy. And I, I think, to me, the biggest question mark still is at linebacker because that's the only one where I can't exactly pit, put together a depth chart at this point. I think that one is is the most open for training camp competition, but uh, a lot of one-year deals and a lot of new faces on this defense where that set you up for the ability to play some rookies, but not exactly relying on some rookies like you might've been uh, before free agency. Yeah, definitely something that we will be watching, especially as we get into training camp is how that defense forms and more importantly, that second line, because you know, and I know injuries happen and We, uh, it will be interesting to see how that depth chart unfolds. We appreciate Jordan Elliott's time and yet another big piece. Uh, and the guy that will be counted on quite a bit, I think. If you get taken in the third round and get taken on day two, there are some expectations uh, this season for the young man out of Missouri. All right, time to have a little fun before we wrap things up for the work week gribs, and it involves the new uniforms, the Los Angeles Rams put out their uniforms. And while I thought that the Atlanta Falcons had a firm hold on the worst new uniforms, um, I feel like the Rams might make a little bit of a run, if not overtake them here. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like them. I, I just <laughs> I just don't. I like the helmet. I, I think that yeah. they, they kept the helmet. It looks strong. Uh, I like the idea. I like that they're going back to the 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 blue and gold. I, I, I just think that that's what I think of when I think of the Rams. And I, I thought that they were going in the right direction with it. I just, I just can't get past the numbers. I just, there's something, I, I just look at them and I, I don't get, I don't get excited. I just, I, just, I, I wonder how they're going to look in real life. I think that these can be tough to see, to judge on, on Twitter and on these videos, but I, I would have, I would have liked if they went all in with going back to the roots just like we did. I, I think that the little too, little too uh, mix and, and mash of new and old and just doesn't work for me. Yeah. All right. So seven teams got new uniforms, including the Browns. We're taking the Browns out because we would obviously vote them number one. Yes. Number six to number one, your options are the Rams, Chargers, Buccaneers, Falcons, Patriots, Colts. We'll go number six to number one. Who's your sixth who's the worst what i mean to me it, it is the rams and that i mean I, I think that is a recency bias but that's the only one where i was like mm, I, I i like the i like the old ones a little bit better and I, I just think that they had such an opportunity to to just really go all in with the, the old book and i i just i just don't love them so they're, they're my sixth same I, I i and i really want to call my fifth because I, the colts changes are so minimal that it's hard to like say that they really did a ton with them, but I, I do like the tweaks. I think the Colts have improved their look. I don't love the new logo uh, with the state of Indiana in it, but I, I do like what they've done. So I, I, I'm going to have a tough time ranking them in this group. So I'm, I'm cheating a little bit on that. I'm going Falcons with the fourth spot. I, I, they were my previous fifth. I, I think I would have loved to, for them to go all the way back to the early 90s. I, yes. would, I would have liked that look from them. I, I do think there are some of their looks that look pretty cool, but I just don't love the, AT, the ATL and the jersey. So they would be my fourth. I then go with the Patriots at number three because I, I, I like those as well. I, I just 
I didn't even I didn't even know they were changing their uniforms this year. And I, I think that it was it was it was fine. I, I didn't think it was anything egregious, but it wasn't really a major change. It it was sort of similar to what the Colts did, but I I think they did a little bit more, adding a little bit more red to the to the look. And uh, so it, I'm not offended by them, nor am I uh, excited by them. I, and I I then go number two, the Buccaneers. Those are my childhood memories of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I see those uniforms. I think Mike Allstott, uh, I think work done. Uh, I think of all that. And I think that's when you're a franchise like the Buccaneers, just like what the Browns have done, you go back to what happened, what you're wearing when you're winning. And I think that yes. was the key. And I, so I, I will say there was such a backlash on the internet that they didn't go full creamsicle. And I'm just like, do you understand the history of those uniforms? Like they're fun, but they were terrible. Like they were historically bad. And I, I think that they're fun to look at. I think a full season of those, I think people would have gotten sick of those uh, in a hurry. They would have lost their appeal. So I think they made the right decision. And then to me, it's a runaway for number one with the Chargers in this in this group. I mean, clearly the Browns uh, are, are outranked them, but in the non-Browns group, the Chargers to me are just awesome. And I, I, I think that they're... They're dealing with obviously the best, one of the best color palettes in the NFL with the the mix and, and of, of what they've got to offer. I love the color rush uniform that they're doing because it reminds me of Natron Means and Stan Humphreys of the 1990s. That they're going back to the navy blue uh, for the color rush, and I I think those are awesome. Even though I think everyone loves the powder blues, I love the navy blues because they remind me of of that era of Chargers football where they were really good. And they got to the Super Bowl, then they just got destroyed by the 49ers in that Super Bowl. That was one of the biggest uh, butt kickings I think we've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. But they got there. They did get there. So, and that, 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 was a, that was a fun team. Yeah, no question. I, number six for me are the Rams. Number five are the Falcons. Number four are the Patriots. I love the Colts stuff. Yeah. I know it's subtle, but subtle works for me. Don't. Don't yeah. mess up things that are working. And if you tweak something, tweak it for the better and don't overthink it. And I, I like the way that they did it. Tampa Bay's number two for me. Uh, I hope the creamsicles would be like a color rush or something along those lines. And, and we'll see. Maybe there's a secondary uniform that comes out a year from now or two years from now, and that's the creamsicle uh, for two or three games yeah. a year. Twice think, a year at most. Don't give it to me eight games. I mean, that, that would have been a, a big reach, I think. To You can love something, but if you, you don't want to love it that much. I think it's good in small doses. Yeah, but have it as an option that you yeah. trot out once a year and everybody loves it. And the NFL has loosened their helmet rules so they can wear different helmets. That's, that's, that's a key thing to remember. So they can break out the, the, the fella on the helmet, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what they call them. Yeah. But it, that's, uh, so we're, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty, the Chargers are great. It's the Chargers and the Browns that are the top two uni new uniforms here in 2020, hands down. See, it, it is advantageous. Like, it's like the Chargers can do no wrong. Like, they can be new style and like it looks cool. They can be old school and look cool. It's just, they're, they're dealing with, they've just got it so good. I feel like with their 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 color scheme, it's hard to mess that up, and they really did a great job. With and a fan base to actually care about them. True. Yeah. That's that's where we're at. I mean, that. it's just they can every every it, it's just it just seems easy when they when they throw those looks together. I, I'm going to be a sucker for them. 
Yeah, no question about it. All right. Want to thank Jeff McDaniel for all of his hard work. And we want to thank Jordan Elliott for his time today on the best podcast available. We are back with you next week. We continue to chug them out. Chug along two a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Zagura will be back next week. We'll have a few new players as well. Uh, and we're looking forward to that. We want to thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Make sure you log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe today to the best podcast available. Also, make sure you check us out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash browns. Brandon Gribble, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening to the best podcast available.